Hayden, how you doing, man? Uh, what's that? Well, what's that perfume? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flawless yep. impression, I think, as always. Amazing. I mean, it's either Professor Lazarus or Gillian Anderson's Margaret Thatcher. I mean, there's no sort of in between. <laughs> yeah, or a flawless impersonation of the real life Margaret Thatcher. Who knows? True, true. Maggie's in the mud. Um, but here we are. <laughs> We've, we've, we've finished Rick and Morty, we were on hiatus for a while, and uh, we're back to a regularly scheduled programme, which translates to having nothing else to talk about, so we're just going to do Doctor Who until we find another TV show to rant about endlessly, and it is Doctor Who Series 3, Episode 7, The Lazarus yeah. Experiment. <laughs> you can see I'm thrilled with the title that they've went for, for this Mm, I mean, it's an alright. It's an all. It's alright. It's accurate, I suppose. Well, yeah, but why it's accurate infuriates me. But we'll get we'll get into that. It's it's the Bible, right? Um, well, I know that Lazarus was a person who could come back from the dead. Hmm. Um. Oh shit! Let me Google it. Where's my phone? Uh, Lazarus. Is it the Bible? I've got no idea. I've always thought it was, but it might not be. Who knows? Lazarus. Who's Lazarus? Lazarus of Bethany. Yep, it's a Bible thing. Saint Lazarus, or Lazarus of the Four Days, venerated in Eastern Orthodox Church as righteous Lazarus, and Jesus restores him to life. So there you go. Amazing. Well, lovely stuff. Yeah. Good for um. Good for Jesus. <laughs> It's a gold star from Jesus. Um, this episode uh, was written by uh, Stephen Greenhorn and directed by Richard Clark and is starring David Tennant, Freema Adjaman, Mark Gatiss and some other people. Um, Indeed it does. Have you got an opening statement? I do, yes. An interesting episode about the fleetingness of life and obsession over everlasting life. Does immortality seem all that appealing if you turn into a fucking scorpion? Probably not. <laughs> Immortality isn't really that appealing anyway. Like, immortality with the clause that I can kill myself. I think that would be yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's always like, oh, I wish for eternal life, and then you just become a pile of dust that's sentient. Because yeah. you're just that old. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, the Daleks and the sewers in that later episode. It's like, Daleks mm, can't Danny's die. Danny's favourite episode of Doctor Who, yes. Yeah, and they just become fucking sewers. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, they can die. We've seen them die. <laughs> Messi's mm. like, genetically hardwired to keep on living, whatever happens. Well, not whatever happens, because we've seen them blow up. Unless mm. all the Daleks that were destroyed in the Crucible in Season 4 are somehow still alive. They're just individual Maybe. cells going, ah! You know? <laughs> but there you go. But it did make me laugh when she flicked the wall with the stick and it screamed. Yeah. What? Because <laughs> Daleks don't have an identifiable mouth, but they've always sort of spoken and, and moved as though they can breathe. Um, so it's always a bit... Is is there a mouth in the sewer somewhere? Yeah. Or do they just exude noise mysteriously? There's one mouth in the sewer, just like a really sassy Dalek. Like, what are you looking at? Like that, you know? Mm. Like a sort it's of... just like a hive mind control of the mouth. 
Yeah, but what one mouth is like? Um, or oh, what's his name? Mickey Flanagan. Is that his name? Um, the the comedian. The comedian with the long hair. Like all the Daleks yeah. are just screaming in pain, and there's just this one mouth. It's <laughs> just like Mickey Flanagan is a Dalek. What a what a specific reference to give. Yeah, I, I don't think I've, I've I don't think I've thought about Mickey Flanagan ever. I don't think. Well, I'm happy to to help you out, Lewis. You know, to to mm. broaden your horizons. Um, but let's talk about this episode before we go into contemporary British comedy. Um, Indeed. The start of the trend where companions nearly leave halfway through the season. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose it is. Yeah, it happened <laughs> to a, a... bit of an annoying trend, really, I think. Yeah, like they, they, they pretend that, oh, it's over now, and then, mm. you know, they nearly die. Their entire family dies, or nearly dies, and then they're like, yeah, let's keep going. Because that's the, the logical response of anyone. <laughs> I know. Set with cosmic danger, but, you know. Um, what about you? What about you? You got any, got any stuff? Got any... Right. <laughs> what do we think of Mark Gatiss or Gatis? I'd never know which one it is. Um Because I'm I'm gonna say something now and it's gonna make me sound like the most conceited, arrogant twat that's ever walked to the earth. Lewis But if, if you're ever wanting a job with Mark Gatiss, you better be fucking careful the next words that come out of <laughs> your mouth, pal. I've never known what to think of his work because I always enjoy watching his performances. I always think he gives good performances. I'm not 100% convinced by his writing skills. He's certainly good, but is he great? A lot of people out there sort of worship him in the same way people worship Stephen Moffat, and I'm not... I've never quite been sure if he's that good. I I just... I'm always a bit undecided on what to think about Mark Gatiss, and that's why I wanted to bring him up, because I wanted to know your opinion on Mark Gatiss. Well, Mark Gatiss seems to be... A one-trick pony when it comes to acting. Okay. I have. I mean, please prove me wrong because he's a he is a great actor, but he mm. seems to play a sort of middle-aged, upper-class man in everything that he does. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right with that one. You've got Lazarus. You've got Mycroft. You've got. Uh, Dracula's lawyer. You've got um, <laughs> Renfield. The, yeah. What? Yeah. His. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, what else? <laughs> uh, oh, the the uh, brigadier that he plays in in the Christmas special of oh, Peter Capaldi yeah. that they just had to link to fucking Lethbridge Stewart because God, it couldn't Otherwise, just be a random. Oh, it's so well, I'm, looking, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this now. I think you're right. It was in Good Omens, apparently. Oh, he played... I don't remember oh, him from that. He either played a posh demon or a posh angel. He played Mr. Harmony. Oh, um, angel. I'm not sure what that means. I bet that's, that's an good. angel. It sounds like an angel, doesn't it? Um, oh, oh, did you <laughs> in Doctor Who? Oh. He's um, been in Doctor Who? Yes, he has. Whoa! The only example I can give you is something else he's done is in Doctor Who he played Gantok. In um, that one oh! where Matt Smith wore that green coat and he Fair was playing enough. electric chess. Yeah. yeah, that's the only example I can give you. Um, he did a Russian other, accent. All these other things are all names that 
make me think of a, of a character like Mycroft. Mycroft, Prince Regent, Tycho Nestoris, Professor Quentin Quester, Lord Robert Cecil, Ronald yep. Hall. These yep. are all names that all sound like the same person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say Gantok, because I didn't realise that was Mark Gatiss uh, until yes, years I it, later. I certainly think it was, yeah. Yeah. So uh, just a bit of trivia I picked up along the way, as you do. Yeah. Yeah, this guy who is is wears the eye patch because he's affiliated with the silence and he's, yeah, oh, he's the all, s- all the prosthetics and everything. Fucking silence, Jesus! I cannot. The question, I cannot the question wait. is asked. I cannot wait to talk about that fucking organization. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, long story short, Mark Gatiss uh, is is he's good. He's a good actor. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. sort of he's very niche. You know, he he knows mm. what he's knows what he's good at. <laughs> um, he's good at being a creepy old man in this. That's true. He is good at being a creepy old man. Yeah, I did believe it. I was like, "Wow, what a creepy fuck, Mark Gates." <laughs> um, I'm joking, Mark. Come on now. Um, no, he's he's fired you already. This is in the future now. When you've got yeah. a job working with Mark Gates, and then he's listened to this and gone, oh, "Danny, did you really say this?" And then he's fired you already. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to fire us, Lewis, in the future if they ever hear this podcast. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, knowing what we know now, why did the master put the doctor onto this exactly? Oh God! Um, was it to kill him? Something about the it wasn't. Oh, it can't have been to kill him, could it? Because because it that was part of the humiliation of having him on the Valiant is that, um. It's like all the, all these things you've been looking at, they're all been happening around you, and you haven't quite connected all the dots. And it was part of the humiliation. So, part it it was something to enhance his eventual humiliation, I suppose. I, I really couldn't couldn't even begin to conceive of it. Yeah, it's sort of like Spectre, you know. Mm. Like for some reason, all the bad shit that's happened to you is because of me, but I don't have a logical reason as to why mm. I wanted those bad things to happen. It's like, this, um, yeah. Even in Somehow, Sher- Palpatine Sherlock has returned. Yeah. yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned. What? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but like in Sherlock, like every fucking uh case that Sherlock solves is connected to like Moriarty, like right mm. he's like Moriarty like, it's just couldn't be even couldn't be more obvious, but it's like well why? Why is everything connected to this one big bad? Unless they're like, oh, it really annoys me when they do that. You know? Ugh, I've got a bit of a stuffy nose, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's alright, I'll just complain at great length. After you, after you've, you've, after we've finished this, I'll like, wait till Chloe gets home and say, oh god, Danny was like a really stuffy nose, it was really disgusting, and I hated it. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis um, then goes on a two-hour rant. It's like, god, I hate the sick. Um, just <laughs> goes on a rampage. Um, they're stuffy nosed bastards. Um, I um, let go on. Oh no, sorry, bud. On you go. I enjoy the um the aesthetic of the machine. I think that was very sort of. I I, I struggle a bit with how um sort of CGI and and practical effects sometimes are and are not linked. Um, I quite liked the the combination here. Um, I liked watching the machine spin around and a bit of a it's because it's 
I imagine it would be very tempting to just make a box that glows, but this <laughs> looks dangerous and it's quite tempting to sort of, it, not tempting, it's quite nice to see something that looks a bit weird in a pleasant way. Yeah. Um, it's like, in a strange way, um, Alfred Molina's um, uh, Dr. Octopus tentacles. Yes. They were a combination of practical effects and com- and, and, um, and computer graphics. So I, I, they looked really good in sort of the final cut. Yeah. Um, I'm sure now they'll be entirely CGI. I've got no idea. But um, I quite liked that this was... I feel like they actually did build a ridiculous-looking thing. Yeah. And I, it might even be in the Doctor Who Museum in Cardiff. I've got no idea. I do, you know, do you know what would have made it even better? What's that? If there were Tesla coils. Fuck... You like, do you like a good Tesla coil? Oh, I fucking love Tesla coils. Like, especially in stuff where it wouldn't even make sense for Tesla coils to be there, you know. I just love them. I think they look so cool. Um but yeah, I suppose for early 2000s it makes sense that it looks like a sort of fridge that you see in in B&Q that you're going to buy, you know. Um does it? It looks more like a shower cubicle to me. If yeah. they really bought a shower cubicle and just stuck some bits of PVC on it. Yeah. But did you ever do that in B&Q? Did you ever used to like, go around the the sort of uh already built sort of, uh, layouts yeah, yeah. of bathrooms and stuff. I used to fucking love that. So we're going to B&Q. Too, yeah. Yes! Like, that's... <laughs> I used to go to B&Q instead of the park. Like, I was... I was <laughs> the best part of B&Q, and I will, like, I will take zero criticism on this, is the bit where they keep all the lights. You yeah. go in and you're sort of blinded by all this amazing spectacle of lamps and stuff around you, and you're like, oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. I love it so much. Do you want to know another great bit of being cure that I used to really love? Love to. Not knowing where the toilet was. <laughs> like because there would be huge yeah. uh, shelves of stuff and you'd be mm. looking for the small gap where the door would be to the toilet and it was mm. like a fun game that I used to play. I was like, right, okay, right, see who finds the toilet first because you couldn't see it because it was like just shelves and shelves of stuff and there would just be this tiny rectangle sort of opening where the toilet would be, and I'm like, yes, I found it, you bastard. Um, I feel like you have some kind of hidden trauma about being q toilets. Probably. Like, this is, you're very... <laughs> probably. I, uh, I, I I barely even, I don't think I've ever, ever been to the loo in a, in a being q I must have been, but I, I don't remember. I, I don't think it was ever such a big thing. i tell you what was a big thing at being q bizarrely, was the gingerbread men. Our being q had a little cafe in it, and whenever we went to being q when I was a kid, I would get a little gingerbread man. That was good. That is good. I, I, I used to I used to always ask to go to the cafe, but it's like no, no, we've got that at home. It's like yeah. no, we no, we don't. We've got we've got hula hoops at home. That's that's about it. Um, if, see if I become really rich one day, right? As uh-huh. well as well as pushing uh for the long term goal of socialism, I will buy a B and Q, and people can go in and play hide and seek for free. In being q that's what I, I want to do. Like, we'll keep everything there. We'll maybe get rid of all the tools in case anyone hurts themselves, right? But the, all that will have empty boxes that people can hide in, and you can just play hide and seek and being q all day. I would love that. I see. I, I I think I understand what you're saying, but I would rather do it in an IKEA. Oh, I've got a hard pass. I've got a, got got to pass that one. Oh, you're not a fan of IKEA. I am. I love the I love the meatballs. It's just in terms of like. Where I would rather play hide and seek, I'd rather do it in B and Q. 
Um, I love a good Ikea, because it's like, it's like stepping into another dimension. You go through the front door, and you're the enormous escalator that's somehow in every single Ikea in the world. Yeah. And then you walk like through this bizarre alternate reality, and you're like, for each half a second that you walk past like a, a tenth of an apartment, you're like, oh, that would be what my apartment would be like if, and you construct a theoretical scenario in your head. You're like, oh, that would be my apartment if I was like... Um, Peter Parker in 2006 New York. Yeah. That's, that's what my apartment would look like. And then you go to the next door and he's like, oh, that's what my apartment would be like if I was some some kind of um, uh, prince that was trying to become more one with his subjects. So he got an apartment in the city centre. And then you <laughs> keep going along this, this row. And like, Do you know what I mean? That's what I always get at Ikea. And then you get to the end and you get a dime bar cake, which is somehow the best thing ever. True. Well, we'll fine, we'll have... An Ikea, a B&Q, and a home base t- next to each other that you can all go into. I've never been to a home base. Are they are they worth the trip? I mean, <laughs> they're... a nice day out? It's um, not as good as B&Q, but, ah. you know. We're not sponsored by B&Q, folks. Um, or Ikea. Or home base, you know. I bet you're thinking, well, why would you be sponsored by home base if, if you're bashing them and saying that B&Q is better? Because we like to mix up the way we advertise things, you know, because mm, you mm. think that B&Q is better, uh, reverse psychology will tell you to go to home base. Um, so, that's, that's, that's how that works. Um, yep, 100%. But anyway, I like the symmetry between Lazarus and the Doctor, and okay. the Doctor's on his high horse about, you know, oh, don't be killing people when the Doctor's taking more lives than anyone in that room. Mm. Which is it's interesting, you know, but and yet he knows that living that long just brings death and tiredness. So mm, I, th- mm. I, I like that. Um, what else? Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Go on. The crux of my hatred for this episode. Oh right, okay. I thought you were mostly neutral. Do you have a deep-founded hatred for it? I do. Yeah. Um, the name Lazarus. Okay. Is beyond. On the fucking nose. It is L- a bit, yeah. L- Lazarus. You may as well have been called Professor Not Dead Man. Legit. <laughs> it's so obvious. Oh my god. It actually sickens me how obvious it is. The Lazarus Experiment. <laughs> oh, what's that about? It's about uh, a guy that has made a machine to make cookies. There is no doubt in anyone's mind about what that is. And if that was the experiment's name on its own, that would be fine. But that's the guy's legal name. He's actually, it's actually called Professor Lazarus. It's not a superhero name. It's on his birth certificate. This says Professor fucking Lazarus. It is so weird. You know, it just, oh, I hate that. I hate when it's so obvious. You know, it gets my. I see. I didn't realize you were quite so furious about this. Oh. I, I think it's all right. It's not terrible. Lazarus. I suppose you have to make the presumption that in this world, the story of Lazarus doesn't exist. Yeah, true. Otherwise, because if 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 you were actually called Lazarus, you'd go around and people would tell you the story of Lazarus at every opportunity. So you'd have to, you probably would change your name. I would certainly change my name from Lazarus to something more nondescript, like Brindley. That's very nondescript. Um, so yeah, I don't think I would pick Lazarus as a name unless he did. Maybe he's just a massive egotist. Yeah, but churches exist. 
So churches do exist. So therefore, the Bible mm. must exist. Maybe in like the the early days of the Bible when it was written, uh, the Lazarus was massively cut out of the stories for wow. some reason. I you are, have no idea why. You are being so charitable. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe Lazarus, <laughs> the story of Lazarus, didn't exist. It's just a made-up name. <laughs> Um, I've just learned a little bit of something about the um, the genetic manipulation device. Go on. It was a redecorated descent capsule from the Impossible Planet. That's what I was thinking about. I was literally thinking as you said it, looking at it, because I've got the toy mm. of that in in my room, the big descent capsule. And very cool. And it makes sense because now that I think about it, it does look like it. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realise IMDb has a trivia subsection, but it turns out it does. Um, I thought you Professor had to Lazarus pay for was it. originally. Uh, no, you don't. Oh, well, I'm certainly not, and I'm here. Um, <laughs> Professor Lazarus was working on developing invulnerable synthetic skin. Uh, this was dropped because Russell T. Davis feared it might be part of the plot of Spider-Man Three, which was due for release around the same time the episode would air. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, um, that is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I have uh, a potentially hot take, right? Hit it. Okay, so there's a show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Mm. And because the characters are so horrible, right? They have a theory <laughs> about people being creepy. Right. And that creepiness isn't measured by, like, socioeconomic stuff and gender and stuff like that it's mm. measured by ugliness <laughs> okay so if if a guy is like being creepy to a girl like they show this picture of this conventionally attractive guy who says these like um creepy things to a girl and like asks what perfume she has while grabbing her hand and she says it's soap right and mm. then it's like, doesn't seem too creepy, does it? And then they show like an ugly guy, and then everyone's like, oh, yuck, like that. <coughs> Do you think that that theory has any water whatsoever? Um, <laughs> I think that it is entirely subjective to the person being creeped upon. Yeah. It, um, it's it's similar to the old uh, sort of medical ad- ad- adage, um, pain exists when the when and where the patient says it does. <laughs> Yeah. It, 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 if if literally anybody says to literally anybody else, your perfume's really nice. But what is it? It depends entirely upon what the person that is receiving those words thinks. It it doesn't matter what the 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 sayer looks like. It matters like what the person feels upon hearing those words. Do you, am I making sense? Yeah. I don't mean like only. I don't like, because they go even further and they say ugly people should be quiet and stay in their lane because they're really horrible, right? But right. I'm not saying that ugly people, whatever that even means, should be like, whoa, calm down with it, asking what perfume people have, you know? I'm just saying, do you think people in, in general maybe have a sort of proclivity to sort of care about the attractiveness of someone saying that to them? Because even in this episode, Letitia is clearly uncomfortable by mm, mm. Mr. Uh, Professor Lazarus's advances when he's old. And then mm. when he becomes younger, she's like, interested, if you know what I mean. 
And she's like, I she, would say... she even says, I was going to snog him. Might be a bit creepy, but it works for Letitia, you know. Um, mm. I I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, I would say that yes and no. I don't think it's a conscious bias. I think yeah. it's a, it's more of a subconscious bias that people have in that um, I think it, this is a, I'm completely guessing I am not an anthropologist. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> I'm not an anthropologist, <laughs> but, but I'm not an expert. Um, but here we go, given an expert take. Um, I think it might be some kind of evolutionary thing to do with because obviously ugliness and prettiness is subjective as well. Yeah. So I would guess it might be some kind of an evolutionary thing that you're attracted to people that do not look like your relatives. Yes. It, because that's like an evolutionary thing to prevent sort of inbreeding and and, and whatever and whatever. So I think maybe it's something along those lines I think I would go down saying that would be some kind of a unconscious bias that people have um, I would also say that the other bias people have is an emotional bias towards people like um, if you go up to somebody and you're sort of um, endearingly or you're, you're, you are yourself in terms of your demeanour you are charming or endearing or and you say I'm really sorry can I use your phone they might say yes I mean Perhaps not nowadays, because my phone is literally everything, and it has my bank details. And if somebody's like ran off with it, that's catastrophic. But yeah. you see the point I'm getting at. If somebody walked up to me and was sort of charming, was I would be more inclined to speak with them. I think it's more of a, it's the vibe, <laughs> is, yeah. is, is what I'm boiling it down to. It's the vibe of 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 um, what person, what a person looks like, and what a person is behaving like. Does that make sense? Yes, I totally get you. Um, so so that's my hot expert take. You've heard it here first, folk. Dr. Lewis Brindley, Doctor of Anthropology, has um, has released his his um, <laughs> my dissertation on um, the way that subconscious bias works. Yeah, only only professionals here. Okay, only experts here. Um, uh, I'm I'm struggling to come out with more notes. Um, As am I. Why do you think? The master chose the name Mr. Saxon. Um, because it, I would imagine it, it plays well with British audiences. Saxon is it's it's reminiscent because I think Saxon is Anglo probably Anglo-Saxon is is what people will think of, and then Anglo-Saxon is oh well he's he's from England, he's British. It's it's something that's from the homeland and all this sort of nonsense. So I'd imagine that's why he picked it. It's a PR move. Yeah, I mean, he also has a an a thingy with um. And Whittacombe as well, I guess. Oof. Yeah, of all people that? in yeah. the world. So, yeah. Do, do you think? Do you think Anne Whittacombe knew what what was being <laughs> what was going on when she when she made that sort of a uh, what what is it they call it? Pop. A um, uh, uh, vox pop. Vox pop. Love that word. Um, do you think they knew that it was for Doctor Who, or do you think? Um... Yes, I do think she knew it was for Doctor Who. <laughs> I think Mr. <laughs> Saxon was a very fine man. Do you think they just went up to him and went, right, okay, and this guy's a Nazi, right? He's a, so just tell us what you think about him. And he's a very fine man. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm more familiar with uh, with Anne Whittacombe's take on the Catholic Church. I'm not familiar with her take on Nazis. Um, no, she, yeah, she's not a Nazi, I don't think. Um, I, was, I was being hyperbolic. Um... But she's still a, a shitbag. There's no, there's no denying that she doesn't like gay people very much. Um, mm. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm. De- you can tell I'm definitely out of notes now. 
Because we're talking about Anne Whittacombe. We're about Anne Whittacombe. Yeah. Yes, I'm also out of notes. Um, I've got a cheeky opening statement, a closing statement. <laughs> go on then, go on then. I've got an opening statement. Let's do it all over again. Um, in spite of its many flaws, which I am painfully aware of, I kind of enjoy this episode. It's a, it's a, it's a fun episode to be along for the ride of. I, I do quite enjoy being present for it. Same. Um, my closing statement is seriously, Lazarus, fucking Lazarus, really. I'm never gonna get over that. I can't. I can't let it go, Lewis. I see. I see. But yeah. So um. Yeah, that was uh, that was the la- the Lazarus experiment. Um, it was it was good experiment, prof. We're done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so shall we uh shall we move to incredible capitalist shilling and Yeah, let's do a cheeky bit of shilling. Should we do a Lazarus and bring that back to life? Um But uh yeah, so we all have link trees, if you didn't know. Um Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, uh, our YouTube. So go and have a look. Subscribe. Like. And all that. Uh, you know, you'll enjoy yourself. Um, mm-hmm. We have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have a Patreon and we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Dougie. Thank you, one and all. Uh, you do certainly make the podcast wheels turn, and we really do appreciate that. So thank you very much for your, your ongoing support. Absolutely. Um... We also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell tote bags, socks, uh, mugs, stickers, jumpers, t-shirts, all sorts of stuff. Go have a look. Get yourself something nice. Christmas is just coming. It's around the corner. Um, or maybe um, get yourself a jumper. And you can go as as a as a dedicated, loyal fan of the show for Halloween. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which she crochets, and she's very, very good at it. And if you would like to check out what they're doing, you can go to at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram, and you can take a look at everything over there. So um, get some good stuff on your Instagram feed, some bellissimo content, and you can see what the apps are. Yeah, do that. Um, yeah, but well, that was uh, the Lazarus experiment. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I believe the next episode finally is forty-two. I've been getting it wrong at forty-two times. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, any any parting words, Lewis? Any words of wisdom? Um. No, none. Well, that's great. Um, well, we'll see you. <laughs> see you later, then. Have a nice, have a nice week. And we Thank love you. Thank you very you. much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.